Hey everybody, welcome to the Sacred Space Podcast. My name is Gina Stockton and I'm so excited for today's conversation. My friends Tia Martin and Priscilla Connor are joining me to share their story, to share how an invitation for Tia to go deeper and to dive into more intimacy and prayer and time with Jesus led to her inviting others on that journey, which led them to want to bring this to more women, which led them to 70 women meeting weekly to step into more, to hear God's voice, to be ministered to, to receive His love, and to be transformed. And this is such an important conversation because everyone who hears my voice right now is qualified. Every one of you is equipped to share. Share what Jesus is giving you, the love that he has for you, and invite others. So I hope you're inspired. I hope you're encouraged. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your time in the sacred space. Well, Priscilla and Tia, thanks for being here. I really appreciate uh, you guys taking the time. Priscilla, you called to um, ask if you guys could use Dwell and just start sharing some things about what God's doing in and through you guys. And um, Tia, you and I got a chance to have a conversation and I just was like, we need to talk on the podcast. We People need to hear your story because one of the reasons why I do this podcast and one of the reasons why I do it the way I do it is I want people to hear testimony and stories of normal people who may not ever write a book or lead a ministry or be a, you know, quote unquote, Christian influencer, but who are giants in the kingdom and who have great influence. And because that demonstrates that you are daughters, I'm a daughter of the King. We are all sons and daughters and the Lord has called us and gifted us and equipped us and given us authority to bring his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. And if we as believers could believe that and trust that and know that the things that he's given me exactly where I'm planted, um, exactly where he has me in my family, in my home, in my community, in my job, um, God could use me to bring his love and his presence um, to those around me. So right. yeah, I'm excited for you guys to just share maybe your stories, your friendship, like your journeys with Jesus and then um, the cool things that God's doing now. Yeah. Well, so thanks for having us on your spectacular podcast. Oh, it is. It's, it's a wonderful podcast and um, we've been blessed by it. So thank you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I guess uh, Tia and I met probably four years ago ish. Um, through women's ministry, maybe. I don't even remember how that all... I don't remember. We've talked about this before and we both... I feel like I've never not known you. I don't remember a time you came into my life. <laughs> so if it really has only been four years, that's really crazy to me because I just feel like we've known each other forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was actually counting the years for us, Gina. Over 15 years we've known each other. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I know. It really is. I, I don't feel like either of us are old enough to say that and to be adults even back then. <laughs> right. I know. And you were at one of my child's births. Yes. Yeah. I was there when Ellie was born. Yeah. So Tia and I met and we were, we've been, we've been friends um, 
a year ago or so, she uh, felt prompted to get a group of ladies of women together for a very specific reason. I would say very specific people um, that he put on her heart. And from that, it's been a really life altering experience. And it's mm-hmm. been a year of growing so much deeper in our relationships with the Lord because we have learned to hear from him through what Tia got us together to do last summer. Was it last summer? Mm-hmm. It was last summer. Yeah. Um, so how how did God work in you through that? Yeah, to share that journey. Well, Gina, when we were talking about it last week, it was kind of the first time I backtracked far enough to figure out where did that come from? And I think it originally started from just going away on weekends by myself or with my best friend to be alone with the Lord. Not a very typical girls weekend at all, just literally yeah. intentional intimate time with Jesus, our Bibles and our journals and tons of quiet time. We would just sit next to each other. We weren't even discussing things. And the more I did this, you know, started off a couple times a year, then it was three, four times a year. And the more that I did that, I felt like we were starting to find the flow of how do you be alone with the Lord? It's so countercultural to what we're used to. Um, you're used to go, go, going, and even relaxing weekends are planned and focused Mm -hmm. and, you know, okay, now we're going to go to the spa and then we're going to leave and we're going to go to, you know, whatever. It's just like so much planning in life. And, um, to sit still and just be with the Lord. He calls us his friend. Mm. Well, my goodness, I don't want to just rattle off a list of desires to my friend and then walk away. I want to yeah. get to know you. I want to know the sound and the texture and the tone and the vibration and the heavenly frequency of your voice. I want to yeah, know that. Not just for direction in life or just for a Holy Spirit goosebump moment, but because I want to know you. Yeah, it's good. So anyway, so I started doing these and every time I was coming back, I would have the strong desire to bring others into it. It was so refreshing for me and gave me just like vision and clarity from the Lord on what I was doing and in life and in whatever. I kind of kept this list of names that he would put onto my heart in my phone. Um, I thought I was going to have a retreat weekend. Stuff kept getting canceled. COVID got tossed in there. Remember that, Priscilla? (laughs) That was all planned and it didn't happen. No, stupid COVID. (laughs) No, but I think it was, it was all part of it. Yeah. Because if we would have done that, I don't think last summer would have happened. So long story short, all that kept falling through. And finally in the springtime about last year, I felt like the Lord brought clarity to no, 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 no. We're supposed to do a group. It's supposed to be in our home. It's going to be through the summer and we're not opening up a Bible. I'm sorry. Yes, we are. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's important. We're not opening up a book or a study or, you know, a traditional small group thing. We're going to take some of these pieces that really are not revolutionary, but just aren't practiced all the time. And we're going to do that. We're going to provide a space of intimacy. So um, I invited these people that had been floating around on this list on my phone for a couple of years. And it was this amazing group of women that ended up being 11 of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, Oh Lord, that's kind of a large, small group. Like, <laughs> he's like, yeah. <laughs> um, 
And it was cool because most of us knew each other's faces or had served maybe in women's ministry together, but almost nobody in the room knew each other well. And the women just came with this posture of hunger and desire for intimacy. And I had set it up like that. I shared with them. I was like, listen, this is going to be different. If you're going to say yes to this, prayerfully consider it first. And then if you're going to say yes to it, understand what it is you're walking into. So um, for the most part, the layout of the summer was, well, we called it Elevate. And the whole point was, we're going to elevate our faith from wherever we're at, no matter the maturity level, the experience, the knowledge, how big or small or wide or narrow it is, just from wherever we are, we're going to elevate. We're going to elevate our faith we're sharing testimonies with each other. We're going to elevate our community by not necessarily knowing each other's husbands and kids and what you do for a living, but by going into a holy space with the Lord and having this sweet intimacy with each other when you do it. So elevate our faith community and elevate our prayer life all through intentionality. And um, so we gathered and we worshiped And every week, a couple of the women would share some testimony in their life. And then we would sit with the Lord and talk to him individually and spend time in prayer. And so what am I missing? It was so good. That, that's exactly what we did. Tia would provide us with questions. Holy Spirit would provide us with questions. Right. Yes. Yes. Sometimes he didn't give them until minutes before you all walked in, but he always brought them. <laughs> right. And I remember you saying that when I would talk to you midweek, you'd be like, I have no idea what we're doing next week. And we would show up and you're like, I just got it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so like Tia said, it was very intentional. We walked into her home. She opened up her home, which is, you know, lovely right there to worship music. It wasn't walk in, oh, here, grab a drink. How's your week? The small talk didn't happen. And like she said, we didn't know each other's husband's names or kids' names. And after all of those weeks, we still didn't know (laughs) everybody's husbands and kids' names because that really was not what we were there to do. We were get to mm. truly get to know the Lord. So yeah, we walk in and it was just welcomed with worship music and just a holy, holy place mm. off the get-go. But yeah, then when once we got to the time um, of our time together to dive in and just have this personal solo time with the Lord, she did provide us with, with questions and promptings. And that was so powerful. Yeah, I just hadn't done anything like that before. And to take that time to intentionally spend with the Lord, asking him questions and then waiting. Yeah. (laughs) And listening. Yeah. And waiting some more. Tia prompted us to write, to journal all of the things that were being downloaded to us. Yep. From words to colors to smells to memories, to what, whatever is popping up in our brain, be confident that it's something the Lord wants us to be thinking about. The word says very clearly, he's talking to us all the time. He's talking to us and that we hear his voice. And I think we doubt that we think, oh, only pastors or leaders or missionaries, the special people hear the voice of God. And that is just not true. That's not how it works. He's talking to all of us. And so if we get that out of our head and be like, oh, you're speaking to me, we can all of a sudden recognize, oh, that's, that's you. Instead of 
pondering our thoughts. You know, you get in the shower and you're, I don't know if that's where you guys do your thinking. And so I feel like I'm, it's the five minutes, nobody's bothering me. (laughs) You're thinking and you're pondering all these things you're going through. And it's like, well, instead of pondering your thoughts with yourself, ponder them with the Lord. Right. It's good. Talking to yourself talk to the Lord. He's right there. (laughs) It's good. Um, It takes away the discerning of, was that me or was that him? Is that me or him? When you, when you're really communing intentionally with him, it takes that uncertainty away. Yeah. So good. Well, there, well, first of all, you guys are speaking my love language. (laughs) You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I beat this drum constantly and I'm a little bit of a broken record, but I love this because I think that, well, first of all, Tia, going back to you intentionally just getting away with Jesus, I think that is just such a foreign concept. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it's a lost thought or practice or idea that intentionally being with Jesus, and it doesn't even have to be a weekend. It could be an afternoon when I teach my prayer class, even I ask people like, do you worship apart from Sunday morning with all right. your friends? Do you ever close your curtains and in your living room, <laughs> dance, cry, pray, get on your knees, get on your face? Do you yeah, sit, not coming do, down? Yeah, the whole thing. Do you go for a walk on the beach with the Lord? I mean, do you yeah. ever? Do you intentionally do that? And and it is hard and it is countercultural. There's so much pressure now, and then we don't know how to be still. And there's this really disturbing (laughs) statistic now um, because I work with a couple of ministries and they're digital ministries and you're dealing with digital marketing and all this stuff. And the human attention span has like dwindled to like five seconds. And then it's the newest research has come out. It's dwindled even farther. And so like when they're talking about, you know, social media or, you know, marketing or whatever, it's like, you need to grab people in seconds and seconds. And you realize that that's translating into every other area of our life. Can we have a conversation with someone without picking up our phone or, you know, doing 30 other things? Can we, can we sit, you know, we can't even do it with each other, let alone with the Lord, but the sweetness of going because the kindness of Jesus is that he will meet us as far as we can come. Right. If we're like, okay, I'll come here. He's like, awesome. Great. Let's meet here. You know, I mean, that's, that's who he is. And once you taste and see, right. It's that taste and see that he's good. Then that, that creates that. Oh my gosh. Wow. You know, and you just a little more and a little farther and like, okay, let's spend a little more time. Like you said, you started with one weekend away and then you did it a couple of times and oh, once a quarter. And then, you know, that, that you start to recognize and going back to like the first Thessalonians five rejoice, always pray without ceasing Mm -hmm. and everything, give thanks. And we look at those things and kind of go rejoice, pray without ceasing. I'm not a monk. Right. But it, but it's that invitation to relationship and communion, mm-hmm. which is what Jesus demonstrated, right? His life was a demonstration of this constant, constant relational connection, interdependence, and walking with the Lord. I only see, do what I see my father doing, right? He's in that constant place of communion. And then when he prays for us in John 17, Lord, I pray for these, but the disciples that are come that they would 
be in me the way I'm in you, <laughs> that they would be one with us, just like you and I are one, that they would mm -hmm. have the glory you gave me. Like those are radical things. That verse is hard to read because there's like a lot of them and you and me and we and them, you know, so you kind of read it and gloss over it. But when I teach my prayer class, I actually have people go back through and put their name wow. everywhere it says they. Mm. And suddenly it's like, Jesus is praying, Lord, I want Gina to be in me the way I'm in you. Wow. Lord, I want Gina to have you the glory you gave me. Like what? I've got chills right now, right? Yeah. And that's the invitation. And so I just love, I love, love, love that you, first of all, saw that Tia and that you just took it upon yourself. And like you said, um, and I say all the time, it's not dependent on a pastor or a church program, or I need some other very spiritual person to do this right. for me. No, I, the invitation is for me. That's right. Jesus died for me and for you and for you and for you and my husband and my kids. And the invitation is for every one of us to step through that torn veil and to enter into that communion with him. And Amen. that's just beautiful. And then Priscilla, I love your description of um, really the table that was set. It's like Tia yeah. set a table and created an atmosphere that just gave room and permission, right? So it, whether you walked in and the, this was totally foreign to you or it was a little foreign to you or it was comfortable for you, like it was okay. It was okay to be wherever you were in that space. There was that presence and that permission as soon as you walked in, which was yeah. really, which is really sweet and powerful. I think it's such a beautiful way to um, gather as sisters and mm -hmm. friends to be with the Lord. We talk about all the yeah. time, like he is here. He yeah. is with us. He is present. Yet we gather and we talk about him and we don't, like he's not here. Yeah. 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 I have a, a friend, Roy, Did you met Roy, right? Oh, yeah. Roy Cochran. Yeah. And he and his wife, uh, he's a pastor to pastors and leaders and just a total papa in the faith, you know, and he has a ministry called third chair ministries. Yes. I was just talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Oh, with that's funny. Friends. I'm like, you pull up a chair for him. That's what his mentor did that he would go see. And the first time he saw him, he was an elderly gentleman and they were meeting in his kitchen and he pulled up another chair and Roy was just like, I don't know what's going on. And he's like, for Jesus. And I right. kind of laughed and thought that was weird and awkward, but, but the point of it is to that chair represents like the reminder that the Lord is in our midst. Yeah. He's in this conversation. We don't want to talk about him like in the third person, like he's over there, right. but we want to, you want to talk with him and bring him into the conversation because he's already a part of it. And that was such a beautiful picture. And I think is so significant and so comforting. And also that something I say a lot is like, there's a difference between proximity and presence. Like my husband and I can be sitting on the couch together and be within proximity of each other. 
But if we're both on our phones or I'm reading or I'm on my computer and he's doing his thing, we're not in each other's presence, right? That's right. And so there's, there's a choice, an active choice that needs to be made because God is present always. And he's always choosing to be present with us. Are we choosing to be present with him? And what does that look like? So that's awesome. So yeah. So what did you see? What was the fruit of that? And what was the transformation in the journey over that time? I actually love, it's funny because I think some people would say, what do you mean you didn't know each other's husbands and kids' names? Isn't that what spiritual community is about? You know, this is different. Like you, you guys have spiritual community. This was more about learning the discipline of practicing his presence. Well, there was an interesting connection that happened that I couldn't have planned or prepared or expected. When you go vertical with the Lord and you're in a room with other people that are going vertical to this holy space, there was like a supernatural connection between us that bonded us. And there was a bond. It was, I mean, that Mm -hmm. group of women, we are so close yet we're not in each other's everyday lives. And I mean, many of us have become good friends and things like that. And we see each other and overlap of course now, but we know there was something so special. So Mm -hmm. at the end of the summer, we did one full like retreat day where I invited in four of my spiritual mamas, my mentors, my sweetest like they're the best most wise women in the entire world and um they came and just loved on us and we just Mm -hmm. did just q a questions and pondered things with them and had this amazing time of prayer and um at the end one of the questions that the lord had brought to us was how are you going to multiply what i've given you during this time And for some of us, like, Syl, I remember you telling me you sat down with your family and you gave some of these questions, which we should talk about what those were too. You did some of these questions with your husband and the girls and just pondered them with each other. And I think, did you do it with some friends too, or something like that? Yeah. Every week that after we met, I'd go back to my friends who do know my husband and kids and, (laughs) but I would go back to them and be like, you know, just pour out of you guys, this is so different and so good and fulfilling. It's hard to explain to somebody who's not going through it. Right. At the end, I would share your prompts with them. And then also my husband and girls would sit down and we would just take time as a family. And again, proximity but presence with the Lord. Right. (laughs) And just teaching my eight and now eight and 11 year olds, how to do this. So good. That the Lord is real and alive and wants to have a relationship with you. You can hear from the Lord. So that's been fun. I'll rabbit trail on that for just a second. During our quiet time with the boys, I've got three boys and we homeschool. And um, during our time together, I don't know when this was, a couple months ago, I think I sent it to our group, a picture Mm -hmm. what they wrote. I had prompted them with a question, um, which was, Lord, what do you think of me? And my six-year-old wrote down, I prepped them the same way I did the girls, which is simply, you're going to ask the Lord this question. You're not journaling like, what do I think the Lord thinks of me? You're asking the Lord the question and you're going to just write down any thoughts that cross your mind. If you have no thoughts, write down I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I hear a bird chirping. I am cold. I have an itch. I just, I don't know what to say. I don't yeah. know what to say. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just takes over your pen. You get words out. And then when you 
go back, you look at it and you can so easily discern like what was from the Lord and what wasn't. And my six-year-old wrote down, I love you, Arthur, and I forgive your sins. And I was like, man, if that is not the best thing to hear from your father, I love you and I forgive you. If that's the only thing that he can take from sitting with the Lord, like those are the two biggest parts, right? And I love, you mentioned discernment. And I think that that's the beautiful thing. Because I think there's probably for some, that's a little scary. Like, I don't know if I trust all the thoughts that I have. I don't know, like, what if he says something scary? Or what if he says something painful? Or what if he says something hurtful? So that verse, rejoice always pray without ceasing the rest of the verse and everything give thanks do not despise prophecies do not quench the spirit but test all things right and so that testing is does this line up with God's character what I what he has said about himself and what he said about me right and so when you do that that's the proving ground right that's the discernment piece that you can go wow this lines up with who god is this lines up with his character this lines up with the truth and what i know to be true and this is affirming and my spirit resonate maybe there is something that is convicting conviction is never condemnation right part of the listening part of learning to hear him is learning to hear his voice my sheep will hear my voice right and that familiarity begins and that familiarity of oh that is my father's voice oh here's another familiar voice but that's not my father Mm -hmm. right yeah um because there are familiar voices there the familiar spirits those things that 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 prey on our insecurities on the strongholds and high things that have Mm -hmm. exalted themselves against the knowledge of god so when you're in that place of practicing you start to learn to very quickly hear whose voice it is and it's like a it's like a mom you could be in Disneyland your kid yells or screams or cries you're like that's my kid like there could be a c but you know like that's your kid that's my mom it's that same kind of thing and so it's such a beautiful piece because um I do think for some it's an intimidating you know it's a little bit of a scary prospect and then the other thing too that I love I feel like I've just been fascinated lately about God's presence. I'm I'm walking with the church right now. They're going through transition and pastor left, just moved out of state and they're looking for a pastor and, you know, just all this stuff and really hungry for what the Lord has next, really hungry for God to be their King, not just for another man to be their King, but really to be yielded and dependent. And so they really felt like that the Lord said, this is about prayer and presence, not strategy and smarts, which is really powerful, but it's easy to kind of say that it's a great slogan, but then how do you actually live that out? And something that has struck me is that I I think we can reduce God's presence to a feeling like, oh, worship is great. I felt God's presence. Oh, I just want mm-hmm. to encounter his presence like this emotionally, right. emotional experience, which that's great and is significant, but it's so much more multidimensional than that. And God's presence then requires something of us. Like now, what do I do with that? What do I do with the things, the revelation that I'm receiving? What do I do with the words that he's saying yeah and it requires a level of trust and then really a level of obedience to then go to my family and go you know what I'm not going to keep this for myself yeah Yeah. I actually want to share this and I want to risk 
that awkward moment at the table where my kids are looking at me like what Mm -hmm. (laughs) or my friend you know what I mean like that risk is another beautiful place for the Lord to meet us because that obedience the fruit of that it's like the woman at the well having a conversation with Jesus and then just running to the town and the whole town comes to know him because of her willingness to make a fool of herself and declare the things that he spoke to her right it's really powerful a couple of things I was thinking about while you were talking, Gina. One of the exercises Tia had us go through um, was write down on one side of the paper lies. Mm. And not just a, I didn't do a great job at work today, whatever, but a lie that is deep seated that you have carried with you for a while. You know that it's a lie. And you know that it's a lie. Embarrassed to admit it to somebody else. Yeah, you've yeah. battled it. And and so write that down. And then we took time to then counteract that with what is God's truth yeah. in accordance to that lie. And I was thinking about like, when I, when I go back and I look at my notes from the times that I have spent time with the Lord and just journaled, listening to what he's downloading to me, just journaled, writing, writing, writing. And I go back and look at those. Sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I don't remember this. <laughs> and and that's to me that's proof. Yeah. <laughs> if you need the proof, that's the proof because right. I I don't there's a lot that I go back and look at that I don't remember like even yeah. I mean the the holy spirit goosebump moment is definitely gone. I'm yeah. looking at these notes like, "Oh, what was he what is this? What am I what was I even thinking about?" And and it it has caused me to just really go, dive back in and think about what he is trying to teach me through it. Yeah. But that exercise in particular, I go back to those notes and because those, those lies are something, you know, we battle, I battle still. Um, they bring me such incredible peace. Yeah, it's good. Um, because I know that's truth. And I know that I know that I know that that was the Lord counteracting that lie for me. And yeah. that is what I need to reprogram in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> so that that has been a very powerful thing for me to to go back to and, and take with me. I just love this because all of these pieces are things like bringing in a little bit of like inner healing and prayer ministry, like just all these different things, but it's organic and it's being led by the Holy Spirit, not just a program. And that's great. Like I'm not knocking that at all. There's a time and a place for that. There's a time and place for that. But I yeah. love how... God's love and pursuit of us is going to meet us and going to bring us to that those things because his desire is for wholeness. Jesus died to reconcile us to himself, right? And that full reconciliation, that full redemption is restoration to mm-hmm. original design, to original relationship, to who we were made to be, to our identity and all that stuff. But I think sometimes there's that understanding of healing. Like we identify the lie and we take authority and we renounce it and then we replace it. That's great in that moment, but then you need to walk out your freedom. You need to learn how to walk out your healing. And that's where I think oftentimes the enemy comes and trips us up again or tries to pull us back because it's just easy to, once we get out of that moment of revelation to forget, right? We're a forgetful people or we, or that's those things of familiar spirits, those patterns, those accusations, those lies have become so familiar that there's like a comfort zone there. And so it's easy 
to fall back. And so like you're saying, Priscilla, to have that moment and then have that journaling and have that record. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is your altar of remembrance, right? Mm -hmm. That's why I put the altar of remembrance section in the dwell journals Mm because it's like, okay, the Lord is going to meet you here in this time of meditation, in this time with him, he's going to speak to you through his word, through his presence. And then when you come back a week from now, two weeks, about two months from now, he's going to meet you and he's going to continue to speak and being able to go back and see, this is what he said. It's that altar of remembrance. And now what is he saying? Because his word is alive, right? It moves, it transforms, it changes. And so that allows you to then look and celebrate this journey and praise him for his faithfulness, right? And for his love and his covering and his leading and transforming and sanctifying you in the process. That's Mm -hmm. right. It's beautiful. So we were talking about that multiplication piece. Like, what are you going to do to multiply what I've given you? And for Syl, she went back to her family and her friends. There were some other women that just took the practice of journaling. They weren't journalers before. And I know not everybody's a journaler. And some people are going to listen to this and be like, I hate journaling. I don't do that. This is different. This is different. This isn't journaling. It's not tracking your life. This is a written conversation between you Mm. and the Holy Spirit. It's good. And so some people just took that practice into their quiet time. You know, you, you read your scriptures for the day or you do a Devo and then you finish your time with simply writing down, what do you want me to remember today? What am I chewing on today? What Mm -hmm. am I going to mull over in my mind throughout the day? What am I not going to let go of and forget 10 minutes from now? Yeah. Because I don't know about you guys, but I can read a whole lot and then walk away and not remember a darn thing. 100%. (laughs) And so if there's one thing that I can take away from my quiet time, what do you want me to take away today, Lord? And that's how we transform our mind into a new way of thinking. That's how we renew our minds is by chewing on the word and letting it get in us. Yeah. yeah. And so some of the women did that. And for me, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, I, I want you to do this again, but you need to bring in more people. Mm-hmm. And so we, as a group, got together around Christmas to just do a check-in and see each other and love on each other. And, and it was like, the hunger was there. Everyone was like, what are we doing next? Like, yeah, I miss it. I want in, I want what we had over the summer, you know? And, and so we said, all right, let's do And at our church. There's like, um, you know, your fall semester and spring semester. And we had like a three week break off in January post Christmas and before the new semester started. And we were like, what if we just did a quick mini three week kind of fresh start, fresh faith sort of thing. And all 11 of us, let's invite a few people in. And so we met at our girlfriend's house and she has this beautiful home that hosted plenty of people. And we kind of the first week focused on looking back a little bit and letting the Lord speak to us about what had happened. And Mm -hmm. we focused one week on just being present with the Lord and abiding in him and being Mm -hmm. still. And then the third week, we kind of just prayed into the next year. And it was a very similar model to, okay, we're going to hold space for you, Lord. And we've got some pillars in place. We know we're going to worship. We know we're going to sit with these scriptures. We know we're going to take time to pray, but we're just kind of holding the space and we're going to let you guide us through this time. And it was so good again. Mm -hmm. And the hunger just kept building and building. And this last um, winter, we unfortunately lost our pastor really suddenly and our church 
is just grieving so heavily and we're so sad and we miss him. Of course, it's all about Jesus, not him, but we miss him. He was a pillar of faith for us and a, a deep, incredible mentor for many of us. And I think his passing just added mm -hmm. fuel to the coals mm -hmm. that were already so hot because the hunger, the word that I keep thinking of is just, it's just ravenous. Like we're ravenous mm. to be nourished. We're ravenous mm. to like be fed by the Lord. And so we said, all right, let's, let's do this this summer and we'll open invite it to people. And I don't know, it's going to be 20 or how many people. Yeah. And <laughs> at the end of the day, I think we officially have 71 registered for this group. Yes. <laughs> it's a, a quite a large, small group. <laughs> we had three caps that we kept moving. Okay. 50. Okay. Let's 60. Okay. Maybe we can have 70. Yeah. And we still had people trying to register after. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And so this we're calling dwell. It came from, so our time in, in January, I had read scriptures one day or one of the weeks and just let us kind of chew on them and meditate in them. And Priscilla was my prayer partner that day. And she was like, oh, I have a podcast for you. My <laughs> friend, you need to listen to. It's the same thing you just did. I'm like, I don't even know what I did, what I do. And she was like, you got to listen to these. So we all started just devouring, devouring the dwell podcast. I can't tell you how many times I've listened to them. Are there six of them? Yeah. The meditations, the meditations, excuse me. You call yeah. that like a playlist. I mean, what is that? What, it's not a podcast, but what is it? It's not a podcast. I know this is the problem that I have. <laughs> it's just a collection of guided scripture meditations. I think the challenge is their audio. So you release them like they're on iTunes and all that stuff, but people don't necessarily correlate it with music. So that's, right. that's been a little bit of the challenge. People get confused, but Yes. They're amazing. Thank you. Amazing. We just started to devour them. I literally cannot tell you how many times I've listened to them and they just started speaking to us. And then, you know, that of course rabbit trailed me to the sacred space. And I like the biggest fangirl in the world started at episode one and just ate every episode. <laughs> I'm like speaking to my heart. I love good, meaty, heavenly focused conversations Aww. with normal people. With normal people. Normal people. <laughs> it's my favorite. I love it. So um, so we listened to the dwell meditations and one of the scriptures that the Lord uh, had given me early this year, just for my own self was um, Psalm 37, which is mm -hmm. dwell on the dwell meditations. Yeah. And um, when I got to that one, I felt like the Lord was like this, this is it. This is what we're doing. We are going to learn to sit still, to be countercultural. What does it mean to live permanently in my presence? What does it mean to ponder and think and write about my word? What does yeah. it mean to sit still and listen to my voice? And so that's what we're going to do. Um, and so I, I was panicking and I kept basically yelling at our girls th that were part of this group. I don't want to do this by myself. I can't, I don't, who's doing this with me? I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and they were like, we're here. Just tell us what you want. I'm like, I don't want to do this. And they were so sweet and encouraging. And finally we got together and I said, Hey, I want to call it dwell. This is what I want to focus on. And I want to use these meditations. And at this point, I didn't know the two of you were good friends. I just thought you were somebody Priscilla knew. Oh. And she was like, whips out her phone. She's like, oh my goodness. Yes, this is so great. Jane is going to be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> so 
it's been, it's been incredible. We just finished our second week. Like I said, we've got over 70 women. We are focusing on worship. We listen to a couple testimonies each week. And then we sit and we listen to one of the meditations. The Lord's been giving us some beautiful questions to ponder individually. Everyone kind of has their own solo time um, with the Lord. And then, and then we pray and it's, it's been powerful. Yeah. The heart posture of these women is just like, we're so quick in our culture to, in in like the Christianese sort of culture to say yes to a life group or a small group and yes to this Bible study and yes to a worship night and yes to church on Sunday. But we are so slow to saying, yes, Lord, I'm going to sit with you for an hour. Yeah. So so slow to sit with him. And, and this is kind of, providing a space that is allowing an easy yes for others, but a forced sitting still, which has been great. So good. So good. I mean, what do you say to that? It's just awesome. It's just so significant to see you guys just being obedient, just, you know, spending time with him, responding to him, hearing him going, okay, ah, and then the community that you have, the spiritual community that's been developed differently right? Yep. And now there's this support group, not support group, like, uh, but support, like, yes, we're in it. We're, we're going to be the watchman while we're building the wall. You know yep. what I mean? Like, That's here's right. what God's calling us to do. We're all in it. We're all interceding. We're all doing battle in the spirit. We're all now setting the table and then guarding that table for others to come. Mm-hmm. and taste and see that he's good and just the beauty of that and the thing is god just show, he just shows up i think we just make it so complicated sometimes yeah. and we we're so fearful that he's not going to show up that we feel like we need to manufacture something so in case he doesn't yeah at least somebody will get something out of it it's just such a good reminder and i think especially now in this post covid world where so much of how we do church and the things that we've made it into have kind of been shaken and upended a little bit. And as everyone, in some ways, a lot of people are trying to get back to the way it was. And I think the Lord's going, okay, not that there's anything wrong with that, but what if there is more, would you consider something different? (laughs) Would you consider coming away with me that song of Solomon come away with me? your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Like I want to be with you and I love you. And I I have things to tell you. I have things to call you to. I have things for you. And then to just loosen our grip of that expectation. I love that you were like, well, maybe we'll get 20 people. (laughs) And the Lord's (laughs) like, actually, uh, yeah, just, just never you mind. Just show up. I'll take care of that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so good. Well, you speaking to the whole idea of like, when you were saying, you know, sometimes we feel like, well, what if he doesn't show up? And then I need to like manufacture something. And I feel like in preparation for this have been walking every day going, Lord, that's not what I'm trying to do. I don't want to manufacture goosebumps. You are not a genie in a bottle. That's not what I'm trying to do. But I, this is a lot of people and what if I'm doing it wrong? And what if you don't 
show up, you know, and he, he, it's just this constant reminder. And I don't know if I shared this with you, Gina, but when we chatted last week, you were talking about the loaves and the fishes. Yes. I was just going to talk about that. Yeah. I know. I literally cannot tell you how many times in the process of this, that I would feel this like sense of fear or anxiety or worry. Like, are people going to think this is a Tia show? Like, I don't want it to be about me. Like, I don't, that's not what I'm trying to do. And it would creep up in me or, or like, are they going to get it? Do they understand Mm -hmm. what I'm proposing here? Are they going to get on board? And I'd feel it bubble up. I cannot tell you how many times the Lord has brought up that story of the lowest Mm -hmm. through a podcast, through a sermon, through my scripture reading, through a random conversation with you. I got off that call and I was like, okay, I get it. My loaves and fishes is I am to hold the space and I'm to do my best to help set the heart posture. Everything else, Lord, that's on you. So you better figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because I I was thinking that and just to kind of bring the people who are listening back into that conversation. When Tia and I spoke last week, one of the things the Lord's been really, I've been reading in Luke and I got to that feeding of the 5,000. And then that whole conversation about presence and what does it mean to be in God's presence and what we presume God's presence is and what it is actually. And then recognizing that the disciples were in Jesus' presence practically, like for three years, they were in his presence. And in his presence, they were taught, they were coached, they were challenged, they were loved, they were seen, they were known, they were admonished, they were equipped they were sent out and they also witness like God calls them Jesus calls them and then they watch him healing people and they watch him have these pretty combative conversations with the religious leaders they watch the servant on the mount they watch the miracles then then he sends them out as the 12 go heal the sick raise the dead don't take an extra cloak all these instructions he sends them out spread the gospel the kingdom is here And then while they're gone, John the Baptist is beheaded. And then they come back and they're debriefing. And so it says in one of the gospels that they sit down and they're telling him everything that happened. And they're probably like, "Uh," you know, oh my gosh, this happened. Oh my gosh, this happened. You know, I'm sure they're like, and they're probably frustrated with each other, but excited, you know, all the things. And then the crowd shows up and they're, they're hungry. And the disciples are like, we'll send them away to get food because we can't feed them all. Or should we go buy food? And then Jesus instructs them, sit them down in groups of 50. And then he asks, what do you have? And there was a boy with some fish and some loaves. So we all know the story, right? And for some reason, it just struck me at that moment that here's the 12 and they bring, you know, this little bit of food and he blesses it. And then he divides that little bit between the 12. And now they have to turn around and like walk up to the first group of 50 with their basket with this much and say, Take, you know what I mean? Like what a risky, foolish yourself out there. Put yeah, putting yourself out there. How many people just scoffed at them when yeah. they walked up to them with a the thing? And because it doesn't say obviously that Jesus blessed it and then it multiplied into right. a mound that they could come keep filling. No, they had to turn around with what they had and just go back. And that's that that feeling to you, right? Like, oh crap, there's 70 people. That's a lot of people with a lot of expectation. I am not in ministry. I'm not a pastor. I I have not been walking with the Lord my, my whole life. Like I am nobody as special. 
I'm just like, can we just be intimate with the Lord and yeah. can we just sit with him and can we be obedient to what he's asking us to do? Yeah. And can we learn the sound of his voice so that we can be quick mm-hmm. to respond when he asks of us? And so, yes. And so you turn around and you walk out with your basket with, here's what little I have to offer. And I just want to mm-hmm. be obedient with that. And that's the beauty of it. Cause then the Lord's like, awesome. I'm in, I'm going to meet you right there. And then he does the multiplication and he does, he does the miraculous things. And then you get to just watch it all and you get to have a front row seat to all the things he's doing and how he's moving. And then it's never just about us, right? He's always working on so many levels and in so many places. And in the same way that I brought up the loaves and fishes and you heard it in all these other places, he's doing that same level of wooing and speaking and leading for every person in that room, for every woman that's there. Right. And how cool is that? It's so amazing. He's, he's so, he's so detailed and so Mm -hmm. intimate and it's so humbling that he desires to have relationship with us and lets us experience this. Yeah. So good. The first week one of you said like how cool that we get to have a front row because my hands are in so many aspects of this. I really get a front row to all the stories and the, the connections, the testimonies that have already been pouring out of just two weeks of sitting with him have been incredible. But the one that absolutely dropped me to my knees as I had a girl say to me, Tia, I was for the first time in weeks, completely anxiety free for two and a half hours. And I had forgotten what that felt like. Mm that is what our God is capable of in a moment. He can breathe on you and say, no, 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 that's not for you. Remember what this feels like. Let's break this off. I mean, it's just incredible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So good. Well, I so appreciate each of you and I'm just excited for people to hear your journey because my hope, my prayer would be that it encourages someone, it emboldens someone to take the things that they've maybe been dreaming of those secret places in their heart that maybe they've even been scared to speak or they haven't dared to believe that they could have influence or they could encourage or bring light or hope or God's presence or love somewhere. And that your story of just being normal moms, wives, people, believers, going to church, doing your thing, but really having a desire to be obedient and hearing his voice and wanting to invite others into that and the, the power of it and the significance of it and the necessity of it. And we're living in a time in history that the world needs the church right. to be the church, to let, to shed this need for some corporate thing or waiting for sitting back and waiting for someone to have a program so I can step in and feel like I've, you know, done checked my box but actually sons and daughters to step in and believe and trust the authority and their identity and believe that they're uniquely gifted they're uniquely made and god's placed them uniquely in a place nobody can stand priscilla where you're standing nobody can stand here where you're standing nobody can stand in the place that i'm standing the way i can stand here and am i willing to independence and surrender be obedient with the things that God's entrusted to me and if we can do that again if we can take that one step he's going to meet us there 
And when we, he meets us there, that's going to give us the courage and strength to take that next step. That's right. Well, and I think too, like the questions you could sit and ponder with the Lord, even just after this is asking him, Father God, what is the desire that you've placed in my heart that I'm trying to squash? What is the dream that I'm too scared to even admit out loud? What is the thought or idea that I have that is actually from you and not from me that I'm not being obedient in? Yeah. And then taking the next step and saying, okay, what are my loaves and fishes that I have to bring to the table? That's good. Because it's not up to me to orchestrate it all. All you're asking is for my obedience. So Lord, what do I have that you want me to bring to the table? I'm going to do that. And I really believe if we as kingdom builders, as we, if we as sons and daughters of Christ could step into that level of obedience, we would change our world. We all are called to go out and and do. We're not just here to sit and receive. I go to church, I tithe, I serve, I give, check, 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 check. Okay, I'm a good Christian. It's like, no, 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 no. Let's wake up from accidental Christian living and step into what the Lord has for us. That'll preach. so good. Uh, This was good. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for the loaves and fishes that you bring because it has blessed us and we are so grateful for it. Yes. Agreed. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been an honor to meet you, Tia, and um, to hear what God's doing through you guys. And Priscilla, I love you. I miss you. you. You're one of my favorite people. And um, just God bless you both in um, the things that God has placed in you, on you, uh, your families, your homes, and pray for blessing and protection and favor and provision as you just stand open-handed before him, get to watch what he does because he does good things. It's pretty amazing. Thanks, Gina. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Well, before you leave, I just want to take a moment for you to consider what are the things the Lord is inviting you to? How has he uniquely made you and qualified you to be a conduit of his love, of his presence, of his light in this world And as this conversation, as I listened back to this conversation, there's a verse that I love um, in Acts 4. It says, When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. And I think that's that's the message um, this week. That's the message don't let the enemy disqualify you. His presence in you qualifies you. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I just pray for every person who's listening right now. For the things that you're stirring, the things that you're growing, the desires that you've planted. Holy Spirit, come move speak and Lord I want to take authority right now over the lies of the enemy over accusation fear shame 
anything that is contradicting what you say about who we are and what you say about who you are. And Lord, would you silence those voices? Father, I pray that you give us eyes to see you and ears to hear you and the trust to take the few bits of loaves and fishes that you've given us to turn around and to step out in faith with you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you're faithful. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sacred Space Podcast. And if you, like Tia and Priscilla, feel compelled, feel called to gather people, friends, uh, family, or small group, to go through dwell and to have that intentional time, maybe do a dwell group like they did once a week. I want to make dwell available to you. It's already the audio is available on all streaming platforms for free. And um, I will put the links for Spotify, Apple Music and Amazon in the episode notes, but it's also available pretty much anywhere that you stream your music. But in addition, I want to make available to you journal prompts. So I have a dwell journal, but I've condensed down the journal prompts for each of the meditations. So it would include the scripture journal and reflection prompts and just instructions. And I want to give that to you uh, for free so that you can use it to um, just gather your friends, your family, your church family, and just go deeper with Jesus together. So click in the episode notes. There'll be a link. You can uh, just put in your email and we'll send you a downloadable PDF and you'll have the links to the meditations. I hope that you enjoy those and that they become a really powerful resource for you. And if you want to support the production of things like Dwell, I'm in pre-production for Dwell Volume 2, and it costs money to create things like that and this podcast. And if you want to sew into that project, if you want to invest in that and um, make resources like this available to more and more people, uh, would you consider giving a tax deductible donation to Stockton Ministries. It's a 501c3 and you can click the donate button in the episode notes or go to genusstockton.com and click the donate button in the top right hand corner. I hope you have an amazing week. I hope that you know that you know that you know that you are seen, that you are known, and that you are loved, and that you are qualified to be light in this world, to bring the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time in the sacred space.